All right, guys, and welcome back to episode 89 of the Impact Defense Podcast, which is really just um, episode 88, part two. Yes, we're still here with Scott Clausen from uh, Fight Factory yeah. in Salisbury, North Carolina. We have, uh, well, that's we, we kind of get together and we can talk a lot. There's a few of my my friends that once we get together, it's like it's just never-ending reminiscence and, and fun stories and, and all that kind of stuff. I hope you guys are enjoying all of this. Uh, we are still talking about loosely uh, the importance of ground fighting for self-defense. Um, course with lots of like mma stories and other stories that kind of go into play as well i think it's turned into uh probably shouldn't talk about this podcast <laughs> yeah well you know at times all right here we go As we are getting back into this, let me just say really quick that um, we need to say about an ad, a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, In this case, I think it's us. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, impactdefense.online. What can we find there? Well, we can find all kinds of things there. I mean, there's, you know, all kinds of things. But what I really wanted to point out was we've got some really neat, uh, and cool, uh, neat is not a word people use. I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got some, some, uh, just some really awesome new t-shirts. We've uh, got some tight new threads. Tight new threads. There we go. <laughs> we got some new t-shirts. Guys, go check those things out. We got some of the old designs still up, and then we got some new designs that have come out. I hope that you really enjoy that. Um, we should have some of those, uh, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm saying now. Forget that. Go look at our new T-shirts. Go check out our new T-shirts. Order our new T-shirts. All of that kind of stuff helps us Impact out as a podcast. Online. It helps us out. Helps us to get the word out about self-defense. And, and you look that. cool while wearing and it. And you look super freaking cool while wearing it. All right. On to our discussion with Scott. Um, my first Muay Thai teacher, uh, Master Sam, he... He was here way back. In, he was back in that first school you came to. I don't okay. know if you ever came to, when he did a seminar. No, no, I never made it out. Um, he was half Thai and half Cambodian. And during that war, he ended up moving to Thailand because I guess his family got killed in the war or whatever. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather took him there and he, they didn't have any money anywhere to live. He's five years old. So they put him in the Muay Thai camp because they knew he would get shelter and food. Yeah. He started fighting at six. Hmm. retired at 24 yeah like 300 fights and that that was so prevalent that was a lot of those guys man that's that's yeah. an amazing life yeah that's but now there's so much money in it and so many people traveling there they don't retire at like sanchai uh you know he's still fighting how old is he he's gotta be 40 okay that's, that's we need wrong. to look that up i want to know how old he is i'm going to train with him uh in two months. Oh, really? Yeah. He's yeah. doing a seminar. I've already got my spot, man. I, that's He's fun like, to watch. That's like going and training with Hickson or somebody. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it, but you, you should go over there, man. <laughs> Tell your wife to give you that as a gift. <laughs> Send you to Thailand to train, man. Yeah. So, Jay, you think you want to run the school while I'm doing that? I'm already teaching most of the classes. All you got to do is get Scott to teach the Gary and Ginger to teach the early one, and I'm good. 
There you go, man. <laughs> you would enjoy it, man. Oh, I can guarantee as, I would enjoy as it. As good as your striking is, man, you over there with them guys. Um, I guarantee I would enjoy it. So, all right. So you got to start taking over for give him a couple weeks vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really on the floor all day, so it doesn't really make much is. of a difference. Yeah. And this last, <laughs> it's it's funny. She came in. Um, I have had to kind of step back off the floor for some of the classes. I still teach a lot, you know. Well, I still teach all of our like teens and our adults and our stuff like that. But like some of the like all the the sport karate classes mm-hmm. and the little your kids classes, which people ask me all the time. So like you know. Oh, it's, you know, what, what do you do to your kids? I said, well, uh, it's, it's, it's technically sport karate. We do some, like, they do the cool kind of stuff that they can do and, and stuff. But when we're talking about self-defense, man, we're doing everything. You know, I still, I still include, I said, cause I can't, a lot of the sport karate crap that you sat there for self-defense, you know, um, I said, we can't, we can't do that. I can't bring myself to do that. I've got too much other training to sit around and, and let these kids do that kind of stuff that's not going to work. So, you know, I said, they're going to learn ground fighting. They're going to learn. You know, all the stuff that I've also done in combatives and stuff like that. See, they're, they're so lucky to have have you doing that. And this is when I brought Scott on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's true, man. You know, I, I've, I've gone to teach seminars at schools and I'll see if it's a traditional martial arts school yeah. that are still doing like what we did way back in the day and haven't expanded and aren't yeah. teaching their students anything else and have these students walking around thinking all they need is this. And I, like I told you before, I literally have people tell me that no i can't be taken down my kata i can do a kata i can't i can't believe people can say that this at this point in 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 life i call i have a term for it it's called willful ignorance yes yep dumb on purpose exactly because all you have to do is walk in an mma gym or even walk in a college wrestling room yeah or even a good high school wrestler yeah a good kid that's been wrestling for four or five years high school senior 180 200 pounds will take you down before you can blink Absolutely. if you don't have any takedown defense yep and even if they're good even if you do have takedown defense now if there's a secret kata that you know i think i, I want you to show me before i leave today. I, I, I don't know that secret kata. <laughs> do sparks fly while you're moving as well <laughs> hey you know if, if you know what show it to me because <laughs> I need a, I need all the takedown defense I can use. Show me the well, ancient scroll you got that from. You say that as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy that said this, I, I'm going to find it. But when this is over, I'm going to show you. I'm going to find him on TikTok for you. Yeah, that's what he said. He had he was sent ancient scrolls from Japan, <laughs> and I am not joking. It's on his TikTok. You can see it. Oh gosh, yeah. So maybe I've missed out on something. Is that man. anything like the Taekwondo master that called you a few <laughs> last year? Oh, was that the guy that? Oh yeah, I was challenged to a to a, a street fight duel. What? Yeah, like right here in the middle of town, kind of stuff. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, I, why have you not told me this? I, forgot, I don't know. I never gave him much thought, but like it never got like serious until he saw a lady uh, that another lady that works for us. She's on the podcast pretty often uh and the guy just assumed because she was coming in and she was unlocking the front door mm-hmm. that she was uh, my wife so he said hey tell your husband so, i mean i just you know but anyway yeah he so he had called me and he was um he was challenging me to all this stuff and i was like yeah okay okay whatever you say and he's uh, a taekwondo master yeah. he's gonna kill him with his kung fu i'm like hang on 
Yeah, Wait. so he was, he was Taekwondo master and a Kung Fu master is what he was claiming. And he was, he was, yeah, he's going to take me out with all this, all my little karate stuff. And I was like, all right, whatever you want to think, dude, Just, you know, I don't care. Uh, Did he have issues for real, like mental issues? I don't know. I've never seen this guy face to face. Gentry. He's a troll. <laughs> I think so. I, I believe so. I never took him too seriously. But Gentry's the only person to see him face to face. None of us know what he looks like. Oh, okay. All I but, know is uh, how Brian sounds when he's on the phone with him. <laughs> yeah, he called me a couple of times, and it was like, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, I've, sure thing. I've had a few of those. Um, it's not not so much anymore, but especially back at that first school you came down to. Yeah. Um, I had the doors open one Saturday morning, just having an open mat, just sparring. This guy rides in his bicycle. Right in the doors, rides his bicycle onto the mat. Oh gosh! Without a shirt on, he's ripped. I mean, he's cut. Yeah. Just and we're all just like amazed. Dude, get your tires off the mat. Exactly. (laughs) And he says, "I'm looking for a fight." (laughs) And at at that time in my life, I was very willing to oblige. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you came to the right place. (laughs) I went after him. Yeah. And he pedaled that bike out the door and down the sidewalk, and I was chasing him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm so glad I didn't catch him because you know later on I found out he did have some issues. Yeah, so I would have felt really bad if I caught him. But he, you know, he he rode his bike in the door and on the mats, and yeah, it was oh wow. Um, so, People are on another level. I'm just, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do. Let me know when he's teaching a class one day. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay a guy to ride a bike in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there's still there's still that side of me. Somebody pulls a freaking bike on the mats. Yeah. I'm I'm probably gonna go after him. Yeah. And I've got two forty five on Thursdays <laughs> and seven thirty as well for sure. Uh, but I, we got to do it on a day when Jared McGuire's here, though. I've got the fun part about this is I've been doing this long enough. I've got certain people that if I look at somebody and say, Hey, hit that person, they'll just do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I enjoy that a little too much. I got, yeah. Sometimes I got, you got to green light people. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said nowadays, you know, like I said, back in the day when somebody would come in like that, it started the guy. And you know, back then there were so many of us like at that gym that were fighting in the uh, AFL. Oh God. They're, you know, and, Somebody always had a fight going yeah. on then. Yeah. And people would come in wanting to fight and everybody would, you know, me, me, pick me. Yeah. And, okay, go. I mean, I, there's, and, and. Everybody grab your popcorn, pull the chair. <laughs> well, no. I, I had a guy call me and I'm sure when you, when you get a call, you get, um, the, how much does it cost? What are the times? Yeah. I get a call from a guy at that school and he, he said, Hey, I want to know if y'all worth my time. Opening oh sentence. Yeah, I've had a couple of those. Did you really? Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, long story short, I let him come down. I couldn't wait to get him in the door. Yeah. <laughs> now I wouldn't let him come near the gym. Yeah, I know. I, I've, I've, that's the way I've kind of changed it's through the too years much, too. But yeah, let him like, come in and spar, and you know, he got drug. And the funny thing with that story is, he he told me he was two hundred and zero in street fights. Yeah. He came in and I let him spar with one of our females who was a blue belt. She choked him. That's the power of jujitsu. He's two hundred and zero in street fights, and she choked him out like in under a minute. Yeah. And then he says he's better boxing. And I, Brian, uh, you remember Keller? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, he was a killer. He won the belt at the AFL. Yeah. And he was, had just finished a fight and he was over there hitting the bag and he was the same size as this dude. I said, you can spar with him standing up. If you want. No, he's a lot bigger than me. And he picks out a 150 pound guy. Well, the 150 pound guy just happened to have boxed in the army. <laughs> <laughs> and you can imagine what happened there. Yeah. I started thinking, man, I need to catch a lawsuit. I got to quit watching people. <laughs> Quit letting people do this. Yeah, I had, a, I had a guy who wanted to do a kickboxing fight, and he was just like, and you know, he he not only wanted to do a kickboxing fight, he wanted me to corner him, and I was like, no, um, I'm not cornering you. Uh, you you better not mention my name if you do this. Mm-hmm. But if you want to come in here and spar and get some rounds in, you're welcome to do that. And um, so he's wearing a helmet, and he's. Uh, we were sparring around a little bit and I, I walked back. I'm working with some other guys and, uh, he's now working with my brother. And you, you remember Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he threw a hook and Matthew ducked under that hook, come up and threw a right hook right into his jaw mm. with a, he folded in half. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was up against the wall and, and yeah, Matthew hit him. He folded in half. His face went to his feet and then he flopped back. Did he sign a waiver? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I've only made that mistake one time. But, uh, oh yeah, he, he laid him out. And it was like, I couldn't, I, I was younger and I'm, I'd be better now. But I mean, I couldn't stop laughing. Man. <laughs> hey, hey, I've had. I'm a lot nicer person now, by the oh, way. Oh, man, it's you just... reminded me of so many stories. <laughs> I know. The, the downside, we might, I, I tell you, we might have to do another podcast at yeah. some point in time and just kind of just we come back. We might have to split this one into two. I don't, I think we're okay. Um... All right, I'm just going to point you guys back to our newest sponsor, Alien Gear Holsters. So if you have any kind of firearm that you need a holster for, Alien Gear has a ton of options, and they're coming out with even more. Um, If you guys are interested in that, you can go to impactalien.com. Yes. All right. So if you guys need a holster, that's where you can get one. All right. So picking back up in our... uh our fun stories. Oh man. Um, yeah. So yeah, that guy that I was talking about earlier that came in and he lost the grappling matches. He, uh, I told him when he sparred with the army guy, Jared, I said, if he's only going to hit you as hard as you hit him, I'm, I'm, well, he was no longer 200. No, because he's, he'd been submitted, but now he's (laughs) boxing and he hits Jared. What seems like it's hard. And Jared just looks at me like this. And you know, and I, Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. Down he goes. Um, wow, man, you just brought back a lot of memories. Um, there was a guy from a Taekwondo school. Yeah. And I know the guy, and he actually lives a block down from me, so I can't say his name. <laughs> but um, he had came in. He Does was, he know he lives a block down from you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He, d- he doesn't train anymore, but he. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. I hope he does. Oh, Okay. I hope he does listen to this Yeah, I'll, I'll laugh at him. Okay. But, well, he would come up here and spar with you. He he de- he wouldn't do jiu-jitsu. He would come teach you some striking is what he would do. Okay. You're ready for that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, cool. Cool. All right. Now, he, he's actually a good dude. It's just that he, he was younger and cocky. And at the time, I had a guy. That's a good reference to what you said earlier. Like the way some schools spar, traditional martial arts schools spar. Mm-hmm. Continuous sparring, real yeah. sparring, and yeah. some 
oh, you touch my chest, stop, point. <laughs> yeah. So the guy that was helping me teach striking then was a little tank of a man, mm-hmm. and he was from Hungary. And, yeah, he could do the full splits. He His kicks were amazing. And the, the other guy we're talking about, the cocky young guy, he wanted to spar. And I said, well, here, you know, spar with Frank. And he said, well, I'm not sparring with that old dude. <laughs> and Frank was probably in his mid-40s, and I just saw Frank's face just. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dude, you know. And I said, well, I said, dude, I said, don't, just don't spar with him hard, and Frank won't hurt you. And he's like, Pfft. And he's like, that old guy can't hurt me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I should, what am I You're doing? You're digging yourself a hole here, and you don't even know how deep. <laughs> exactly. He, and I did not have him sign a waiver because this was oh back in that day. They start sparring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I first came to school, I don't think I ever signed a waiver. Oh, man, let's go. You know, who cares? Let's spar. You know, it's all fun. You know, but like I said, there's lucky most dudes were nice like that. Yeah, and occasionally yeah. you have these dudes that yeah. have to be put in their place. Um. Frank just leaned back and tapped him in the face with a round kick. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he said, man, I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to, to touch you. He's like, that didn't hurt. He's, and he said something along the lines of, oh, man, you can't hurt me or something. Oh, like God. That. Oh, and that was it. Frank did a spinning back fist and hit him as hard as you can possibly hit another human. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was starched out on the mat, arms straight up. And I was like, oh, God, somebody got murdered on my ass. <laughs> And he, he, I think he came back once or twice over the years, but the things, man, we, we should have books on the things we see. I had this guy and he was a, he was a, I don't know at the time he was probably, it's been several years ago, but he was probably mid to late forties at the time. Um, he said, man, you know, I was an alcoholic. I had all this stuff going. I know I've told you this story. Um, I have this, you know, I was alcoholic. I was, he said, I just need to get my life straight. He says, I think discipline like this will help me. I mean, that's cool. I said, no, uh, you're not coming in here drunk. Uh, you know, you need to, these are the times for your classes. All this. Well, he showed up, he had come for a little bit. And then all of a sudden he showed up one time. It was at a kid's class and he was plastered. I like, you gotta leave. You got, you, you cannot. Wow. He'd come in one time at a kid's class. He was perfectly fine, but he was just coming into a kid's class and just sat down. I'm like, no. You gotta leave. You can't be around where the kids' class are here. That's just not. That's not the way we operate. This is when we were on the other side of town. And then he came back another time at kids' class and was plastered. I sent him out. I told him, I said, "You got one more chance. No more. Okay, three strikes, you're out." He come back again, drunk at a kids' class. I sent him off. Well, he. I don't remember if it was the next week or just happened to be. The next day that that class was offered, but he come back again just for his class. And I'm like, I said, dude, I told you, you can't, you can't be here. I'm sorry. I kicked you out. You know, we're not taking money out on you anymore. You can't be here. And he looked at me and he says, I can kick your mm-hmm. butt mm-hmm. like right there in front mm-hmm. of all my adult students and everything. And I'm not, I'm not somebody really filled with pride and stuff like that. I don't really care. But, um, you're not going to sit there and challenge me in front of my right. students like that. And I looked over the adults. All of them couldn't stand it by this point anyway. Okay. And I was like, hey, guys, we're sparring tonight. So, and this was a dumb thing to do. But anyway, I basically just beat the crap out of him for an hour. <laughs> and he was throwing these like, now I have a really, really screwed up left knee. I was a catcher for years mm-hmm. and screwed my knee up. And he's throwing straight kicks straight in my knee and stuff like that and everything. Oh. Um 
but we just kept going and kept going. And he, you know, I'd, I'd move and there's times I'd trip him and stuff like that. And he'd hit the ground. And, you know, uh, I had this one teenager who was sitting over there watching class. He looked at my wife. He goes, uh, Miss Julie, when has Sensei beaten up that old man? <laughs> <laughs> wow. But anyway, he stopped in the middle of it. He goes, I'm pretty good, aren't I? I said, dude, you suck. I said, uh, you, you see where my hands are? My hands have been in my waist the whole time. I said, I'm not even worried about you hitting me in the head. I said, you can't hit me in the head. I said, my wife's sitting right over there. I said, if you want to, I said, if you want to ask her, I said, she's watched me fight for years. I said, I'm not worried about you at all. And he looked at me and he looked at her. She's very non-confrontational. She just did. She just kind of like, I can't believe you pointed me out. Mm -hmm. And he turned back around and looked at me and he says, you're a jerk. I said, okay. And he's challenging you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but he left. He never wow. came back. He got arrested like two weeks after that for like public exposure. So I'm really glad I, I got him out of the school. The guy that did the, the last story I told, the one that was 200 no in street fight. <laughs> yeah. He called me two weeks later. I'm sorry, two months later, something like that. It was just while he, he was gone, never came back, but I got a call from him and he said, I want to thank you. And that's what he said. After I left that class that day, I went and checked myself into rehab. Oh yeah. He was on whatever drugs or drinking and he was. Well, that's good. Had issues. So he took a blow to the ego enough <laughs> to send him into rehab. You knocked him hey. sober. <laughs> Man, like, uh, what got me on those stories, those old days of that school was, like I said, we were fighting in the AFL at that time. Um, and then they had feeder shows like Caged Inferno. Mm. which eventually became the AFL. The things I saw up there, man, and there's something else I want to talk with you about in a minute. So don't let me forget to circle back around to, uh, to like pro fighters and amateur fighters. All right. But, um, I would see guys up there at these Amy shows. I saw one guy smoking a cigarette as he weighed in. <laughs> yeah. Literally smoking a cigarette on the scale. Oh God. They would let like whoever fight, man. It's like, these people we're talking about just have these. Well, that kind of makes me feel better about some of the smokers that I did earlier. Cause I thought it's essentially like tough man contest for MMA is essentially what some of those smokers I did. Was. Did you fight in Galax? Because that's where we would go for our smokers. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but I guess it's too long ago. They can't do anything. But, <laughs> uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think I did right across the border. So, uh, they had a really weird rule where like anything over 185 pounds was heavyweight. Mm -hmm. Was this the same thing? Or, um no well okay. the one i went to oh this is a great story we're sitting there uh one of my guys one of my buddies he didn't do jujitsu but he just did kickboxing so they have some mma on the card and some kickbox this is how long ago it was we're sitting there in the crowd and the uh the uh announcer comes out and says hey we've had someone drop out at 170 anybody want to fight at 170 and then now this is an mma show with the cage lights everything <laughs> But it's like you said, those old smokers. Yeah, man. They're, they're um, rough. I don't think these two ladies understand how rough some of those things were as far as that kind of I don't think goes. I want to understand how rough those no, were. No, I mean, I meant like rough, like just unprofessionally run. Not like, it wasn't like blood baths or anything, but it was just like, these were idiots running these things. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, to their credit, they had it set up nice. You know, the lights, you walked out, there was lights, there was music. Um, yeah, so when he says that, that nice run, I fought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these guys uh, sitting beside me, he gets up, and, and just for context, I have nothing against this, but just for context, he had on his camouflage hat with his fish hook on it, and he he said, I'm going to go fight. 
and I asked his buddy, I said, hey, man, I don't know these guys. I said, uh, can your buddy really fight? Because that guy he's fighting's out of a uh, school in New York. There's a guy named Henzo Gracie, and he's really good. So anybody out of his school is going to be really good. I don't know. He got in a fight out of the pool hall last week and beat up two guys. I said, this isn't the pool hall. Go stop your friend. Go stop him. No, no, he's fine. He goes up there, signs a waiver, cuts off his jeans. <laughs> cuts off his jeans. Borrows evidently gloves. And I don't know. I thought about this later. I wonder if he borrowed a mouthpiece. Oh. I don't know. Either he didn't have one, which is bad, or he borrowed one, which is maybe worse. I don't know. But he, I think I'd rather go without one. What got me was that he cut off and fought and cut off jean shorts. Yeah. That's awesome. But of course you can imagine what happened. He was taken down, mounted and punched out within 10 to 15. Yeah. If it was like Henzo's uh, school, then he was probably, it wasn't just like take down and mercifully uh, submitted. He was probably beat, you know, cause I mean, Henzo, I think he beat guys a lot more from the position than Henzo was tough. Yeah. Yeah. There was a guy that would always headline those smokers uh, and I actually reconnected with him. Maybe well, I say reconnected. I never really talked to him more than a hire or whatever at the thing, but his name was, uh, I think Tim Manning or something like that. Mm. He's still teaching. He popped up on Instagram and he was always the main event at that smoker I went to. And he was so far ahead of people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe at that time, like I was maybe blue belt. I don't remember, but he, he was, I think he had wrestled. He was just, anyway, he was smashing people. Yeah. And it always made me think, um, like when you had your fight against that guy, the, the promoters is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. Just to put together, remember that one promoter that told me the guy you were fighting was, cause you had been training jujitsu with me for maybe a year. Yeah. And I told him, I said, he's got a big karate background, but he's only been training grappling with me for about a year. And remember the, they told me the guy boxed or something, but neglected to tell us he college wrestled. Yeah. They, they said, oh, he wrestled a little bit. Uh, he was like a, a, a state champion in high school and wrestled in college as well. Uh, they also told us that he, and we didn't find out that till after the fight. Right. And then we found, you know, you said, oh yeah, he's done a little bit of kickboxing and boxing, but you know, he was, he was an amateur kickboxer and he was undefeated amateur kickboxer as well. Uh, this You're is why, this, this is what happens when you fight promoter students. <laughs> Was he the promoter student? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. That's why we were lied to so much. Not too bad he got beat. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I tell guys now. I have a promoter. Uh, most of my guys right now, uh, when they're doing their first few fights, they're fighting for fight for it. Um, that promotion is usually in Hickory, and they, they fight now in South Carolina some, but they have a great promoter. I've mm-hmm. never seen him mismatch somebody like that. Oh, that's good. And that, well, that's why we keep going there because I trust yeah. him. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. You don't want your students getting thrown. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. But like back then, we didn't know. There there was not as much social media to be able to find out everything about everybody. Well, also back then, it, was, it had just become legal in North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I fought on some of the very first cards that was legal in North Carolina. And some of the ones that weren't. Yeah, that was before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when we went to Virginia... uh I only went up there one time for the smoker and uh, they said, Oh, it, I didn't realize it. I was trying to hit 185 and I go up there and I was like 186 or something like that. And they said, Okay, heavyweight. I said, What? I said, uh, I don't get like an opportunity to. He says, No, that's for, for professional fighters. This is not a professional fight show. I was like, Oh, okay. So I got matched up. You don't get matched up till you get there. Uh, I got matched up with this guy who was 225 and a bodybuilder. Oh my gosh. And, uh, 
I can't believe I never told you this. No. Okay. So yeah. And, uh, we go out there. The one thing about that is it seemed like those type of cards drew in a lot of karate, taekwondo, kickboxing guys who didn't really have any groundwork. And I had a very, very limited skill set of groundwork because this is before I started training with you. Mm-hmm. And, but I could out groundwork most of those guys. Right. Because I have at least a little bit. Yeah. Those, those, man, those, those Gracie tapes were awesome. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I get out there with this guy and I start striking around with him and everything. And dude, like, gets around behind me and throws that, like, he's going to do a choke from the back. Mm-hmm. And I did a shoulder throw. Never done that before. And never, never have I done that in competition except for that one time. It was beautiful. Um, nice. He hit the ground. I jumped on top of him and started punching him in the face. And I dropped back for an arm bar. Dude freaking picked me up. Like I was a two-year-old. I had a fully extended <laughs> arm bar. Yeah, I know you have. And he just goes, Whoa, and just picks me up. And I'm like, I- I'm not playing with this guy anymore. And I stand up. And this was one of those shows, kind of like pride and the fact that you could fight. The first round was 10 minutes. Yeah. I didn't do anything in that entire first round except for run around and kick that guy in the leg until he couldn't walk anymore. And he I finally, laid, <laughs> he finally yeah, I was like, I'm not getting too close to this guy. Uh, and he finally looked over at the ref and he said, I'm done. I can't, he couldn't walk. So he had to be helped out of the ring and, and helped up. But it was like, uh, that's why I love my leg kicks. Yeah. I tell, I tell everybody all the time. I said, when you, when you stop a fight and make somebody where they can't walk, you, you learn to love leg kicks. Oh yeah. I love, love to destroy the legs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great, man. I, I, leg kicks on my jam. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you talk about um, how wild things were in rough back in yeah. the day. When we first had Hoist here, um, Joe took him up. Me and Joe took him to uh, Statesville uh, Law Enforcement Seminar. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've told you this story before. They, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> <clears throat> so there were, I think, maybe 35 law enforcement officers there. And Hoist taught a three-hour seminar, we did lunch, and he came back and talked three more hours. So you know as an instructor, even after hour two class, how much energy you've expended. Yes. Yep. You know, it's tired just teaching. Yeah. Well, he did that, and the whole time there's this one bodybuilder guy, and he's bragging about how he just set the state powerlifting mark and all this stuff. And he, mm. he's a tank. You know, he's a really big dude. Wanting to spar, and Hoist keeps telling him, man, you know, we'll spar later. Just, just wait, just wait. So he does the six hours. Hoist spars with everybody in there, and that guy's like, me, me, me. And Hoist keeps, oh, wait, my friend, wait. He intentionally sparred with all 30 some other people first, save yeah. that dude for last, this tank of a dude. And Hoist tells everybody, get your cameras out, get your cameras out. This guy's going to smash me. Watch, he's going to smash. That guy came at him, and Hoist, Hoist hit him with like a little, like a Tomonagi or some sort of butterfly sweep, and got on top and submitted him just with Kesa side mount. Yeah. Like he was smiling for the camera in Kesa, and this big beast of a dude is just trying to get out, and he can't. Yeah. And you know how Hoist was. He was sinking it in a little tighter every time yeah. the guy moved. And the guy ended up tapping just from a side mount. He was irate. <laughs> but it was... I, I was watching. And that same seminar, man, I told you I shouldn't have got me talking about this. That same seminar, um, I'll say his name's already said it, and it's funny, but Joe uh, was going to spar with him. And back then, when we did jiu-jitsu a lot, we didn't, like, just nobody butt-scooted or 
yeah. or not defend their face. Yeah. If you left your face open, we would touch it. I mean, we wouldn't hit each other, but we would just slap to let yeah. you know, you know. The reminder. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hoist tells Joe, he says, okay, let's show these guys, uh, when you can touch my face, you touch my face. Just okay. So they go out and Joe pulls a guard. Hoist leans over him. And Joe slaps him so hard, <laughs> so hard that I can still hear it. It was, and this is Hoist Gracie back in the 90s. Like yeah. He was yeah. the man. Yeah. And he slapped him, and you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Just every, I was like, oh, my God. And I think I still have some video of it. Hoist passed his guard and went to a knee on belly, and uh, he just looked like he was flogging him. He was, <laughs> the hands were so much going so fast that Joe couldn't even tap. But then they both laughed because it was funny. He wasn't yeah. really hurting him. Yeah. He was slapping him, but they stopped. And just, just, I can still hear it, man, all these years <laughs> later, because I was in such shock that, because, you know, when guys like that walk in a room, you know, it's like these guys that you've watched win all these fights and stuff, yeah. it's like, you know, it's, he's this famous guy and he just got slapped. <laughs> Open hand, just slapped. That was, man. Yeah, those old days were, phew. <laughs> I'm going to have to send some of these guys up. Let me know when she's teaching a class or something one day. I'm going to send the bicycle dude up here. All right. Sounds great. Great idea. Get ready to hear my teacher voice. (laughs) 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 No, see, I teach the kids' classes mostly, so I don't have to deal with the obnoxious adults except for, like, annoying parents, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's usually either the one who thinks their child is an angel. It's like, well, your little angel is a complete rat, so please. You know, that's that's actually (laughs) – a good point for people to hear uh, for their parents is, do you have parents start coaching their kids and telling them something different than you said? Yes. Yeah. So usually when that happens, <laughs> they it's... They jumped on that quick, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's annoying. It is annoying. And you're sitting there like, they're over here trying to tell their kid one thing, and I'm over here going, okay, I can do one or two things. Either I'm going to go over there and be like, okay, please stay silent during the class, you know, because... This is my job. Teaching is my job. Please don't do my job for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, sit back, calm down, or maybe go upstairs. But you can't be talking to your kid while they're on the mat. It's distracting to the other students. Or I can sit there and let their kid get bad advice while I coach the kid they're partnered with. <laughs> and we just see who wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other thing as a teacher, though, like, <clears throat> you don't want to um, embarrass or yeah, because you don't want to. Well, you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to lose the student, and you also yeah. don't want to shame a student because their parents obnoxious. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you have to find a way to to do it because you know sometimes, and you know, just speaking business wise, you could lose a student or more. Yeah, if that yeah. kid leaves. Um, what I've started doing, I've I've had a kid. <clears throat> you know, this is just an example. Like he'd be sparring and. The other child is mounted on him, and the dad's yelling for the kid on the bottom to do an armbar. <laughs> yeah. Um, parents, most of the time, don't know as much as they think they do. You know, you, you don't learn as much as you think you do by sitting on the sidelines and watching it and not doing anything. And it, luckily, I mean, for me, I have such a great group of people. Like, we go, we do things together. We go swimming together. We go do hikes together. We go yeah. watch fights. We have such a good group. But early on, you know, 
I, I wouldn't know how to handle that. And they yeah. would be over there saying, and I, I would just do like she did. I would just say, look, you know, I know you're trying to help and you, you think you're telling the right thing, but that poor child is so confused because you're telling him the opposite of what he should do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a slippery slope to go down, right? I mean. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's something that they've seen on YouTube or yeah. saw someone do in YouTube uh, is the UFC best and worst something. thing that's ever happened to martial arts, I'm telling you. Yeah, and so you get these YouTube experts coming in and they're trying to tell their kids, you know, something that they heard from here. And sometimes it's something that has its application somewhere in martial arts, but not what we're doing that day. So sometimes I'll go over there and give an explanation. But I'll talk to the kid instead of the parent so that the parent can hear. <laughs> But I'm not addressing them because... Mm -hmm. I hope none of those parents listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, oh, wait. I remember her doing that. Well, to me. Yeah, but I'll sit there and talk to the kid. I'm over here like, okay, now, what you're doing right now, has, I'll pretend I don't hear the parents sometimes. Um, like, I'll just be over here, like, make a point to talk to the kids over here and then come over here. Oh, hang on. I noticed you're doing this. It's like, we're not doing that right now. I was like, that has this application here and here and here. You can use that. But right now, what we're working on is this, <laughs> because this has its applications here, 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 here. That's <laughs> a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's and good. then the kid doesn't feel embarrassed, mm -hmm. you know, and the parent is over there going, oh, oh, and I can, like, I can see them nodding, because like, they pay attention most of the time, you know, but it, if you do it that way, then no one gets embarrassed and storms out. You know, or tries to claim that I was a jerk or something like that. Right. Yeah, you, know, you try to be above reproach at least. You know, and how you handle things. And I'm usually pretty good with dealing with people. There are some situations, man, that you're just sitting there like, I just want to scream. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you have it or he has it. People come in, like you said, off of YouTube and start telling you that you're doing something wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, well, number one, uh, we, we've had to. Uh, and you knew, honestly, I think it might be more in the, when we're teaching firearm stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, because somebody comes in and goes, well, I saw Jim Bob on YouTube teach that I hold the gun this way. And I was like, um, Jim Bob's wrong. Um, mm. When it comes to firearm stuff, you know, I'm not trying to say most everything is not that I am so awesome at any of these things that I do. It's that when I go out to train with people, I train with the absolute best people I can find. That you know, you're the best jujitsu guy I've still trained with. I oh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you're looking for jujitsu, I highly recommend Scott. Like, I just highly. Uh, but like, I, I'm constantly going out here. The guys I have trained in firearms with, world class, former special forces, oh, cool. or people that taught former special forces, or just like world class instructors. I'm not going out here getting information from Jim Bob mm -hmm. because he's been shooting with his grampy for, you know, thirty years. So, you know, when he when somebody pulls up the well I had a guy in a class go like, well, if I hold my gun like this, because this is the way I've always held my gun, you know, is that okay? I said, no. You know, I said you're you're still um you're still not doing it right, and I promise you that if you will just listen to me, you will do it better. And we get out to the range, and he reverts back to what he had been doing. Because I'm teaching concealed carry at, at like three yards away, and he's got this really big pattern. And I, so we back up to five yards. Said, okay, now listen, you did it your way. Now I just do it my way. I said, hold the gun like this, and I fixed his grip, and I said, here you go. Um, I said, now take your 10 shots from here. 
And his group from five yards away was much better than his group from three yards away. And I said, you see, and now you're further away and you're shooting a whole lot better. He goes, oh, I get it now. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you're getting instructions. It only took you about oh, five hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I cringe every time I see someone hold a gun cup and saucer. Yeah, so um, uh, I'm rifle rifle pistol shotgun mm-hmm. instructor both of these girls are pistol and rifle okay. instructors so that has ruined action movies for kylie oh really <laughs> yeah so the or the youngest you can be is 13 years old to be a nationally ranked certified pistol instructor and she got it at 13 oh cool yeah so now she's now be a, a pistol instructor for basically two years and Whoa. yeah and uh but every time we're watching an action show or movie she's like what is wrong with these people? <laughs> Don't they know how to hold a gun? I was like, just let's just try They're to calm actors, down. So, no, <laughs> I get it. Well, it's like that with fight scenes. It so. is. Oh yeah, oh, I know. It, you know, you cringe. It's like, well, uh, more like my. The, I feel like now it's not even a surprise when they're doing things wrong anymore with fighting. Like at this point. You just start cheering when they do something that was actually real and applicable. Like, you're just yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you see that? That was actual, like, stuff. Yeah. That, that reminded <laughs> me of what I wanted to circle back to. Uh, I won't call a guy's name out, but like, uh, you know, we were talking about guys that are amateur fighters and pro fighters mm-hmm. and how things change when you have time to do this and, and not work. Yeah. Like a regular job, like you're just training. Yeah. Um, People look at a lot of these guys and the top tier guys that don't have to do anything but train. Yeah, they're on another level. Yeah. But just because somebody fights in a prominent organization, it doesn't mean that they're that much better than so many guys that train in so many gyms everywhere. Yeah. Um, we were on the card that last AFL card is actually where Brian won his belt. There was a UFC guy who fought in the UFC. And he was headlining the show, and he was fighting some guy that I had never heard of, just a dude out of some gym in Colorado, um, you know, just a fighter. Yeah. And everybody, of course, you know, backstage, oh, you know, everybody, oh, so-and-so from the USC, blah, blah, Man, he got his leg broken in the first round. Mm. That guy put him in a knee bar from half guard and popped his knee out for him. Yeah. Oh. And it was – and, you know, of course, at that time over the years, not – and I'm not trying to get anything away from anybody, but guys that that train and fight in smaller gym, like Bryce Mitchell in the UFC, like he still trains and fights. He's top ten ranked, I think now, and still trains in his little small gym. Yeah, that they're not that much of a difference. Like, don't think that you can't reach it, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. For the guys that are fighting, the younger guys, like the teens, the twenty early 20s, that you're training in some small gym and keep training. Yeah. Because I've seen these dudes spar and, or fight and beat guys that have already been on well, Okay, so, you, you know, you think about it like that. Even places like, okay, you run a, a gym in a smaller town, I run a gym in a smaller town. Uh in training with you, I got to train with guys from, you know, multiple places in the world, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, we brought Kurt down uh, a, a few Mario. times. Yeah, Mario. I mean, you know, it was you just because you're in a small place doesn't mean you can't train with really big name people, you know? Yeah, and it doesn't mean your skill discrepancy is much different than right. these other guys. That's it, It's the work you put in and, and yeah. you know, 
getting it where you need it, you know? So. Yeah, I've seen so many guys and made so many connections over the years, uh, like in the States or, you know, other countries that are training in gyms like ours, like, you yeah. know, a smaller town. And, you know, the next thing you know, they're fighting Bellator or yeah. over there. So, well, <laughs> we're going to have to wrap it up. This has been now part two oh, really? <laughs> of our uh, discussion with Scott. I think we're definitely going to have to have Scott back on the podcast sometime, if nothing else. I, I, I know we still have stories that could just be fun and entertaining, if nothing else. But um, I think we have determined that um, ground fighting is not necessary for self-defense, right? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> if you do ground fighting, you'll have lots of stories to talk about later, too. <laughs> it might already be answered, but, you know, yeah. Kylie's favorite. We always ask one question when we're yes. um, on a podcast with a guest, and it's Kylie's favorite question. So it's only fair that you get to ask it yeah you hadn't spoke much <laughs> if there is one myth that you could bust about self-defense what myth would it be only one the first thing that's popping in my head and this might change on the drive home <laughs> but the first thing that's popping on my head is that size doesn't matter because it absolutely does mm. it absolutely matters um i won't get into it now but just just a quick example is like i have a blue belt student that's Six foot five, 300 pounds, and has abs. <laughs> He's a monster. That's not an average. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You or I, with all our experience, spar with him. We have to work. <laughs> yeah. Put that same skill level in 140 pounds, and we don't have to work. Right. Size matters. Yeah. That's true. And everybody wants to say that it doesn't. But, you know, that's also not saying that you can't, if you're smaller, that you can't defend yourself either. So well, it, it takes it does. the training. Exactly. Yeah. So. You know, it, you hear, you hear that so many times people are completely one side or the other on that where size does not matter at all or it's all size and no, no, no. skill. So yeah, that it absolutely true. matters, it but fact. it matters less when you have technique. Yeah. Once you have technique, then you can deal with that. Yeah. It, it matters because it needs to affect how you train. Or there wouldn't be weight classes in fights if it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? Uh, like Francis Ngannou would be fighting a, a lightweight, would be fighting Henry Cerruto. I mean, come on. It's size matters, but technique matters more. I just, like you said, Francis Ngannou, and I was thinking about Mighty Mouse and just put those two <laughs> yeah. together and see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> size matters, you know, then it, if you take just, and I know you've had plenty of guys you spar with that are just, like you're talking about the bodybuilder, big dudes. Yeah. But because you had technique, you could leg kick him to death. Yeah. Say you didn't even know a leg kick. I'd have been screwed. <laughs> Size matters, but I mean, you know, we'll have to talk about the next time. Does technique matter? I think technique matters. That, that, yeah, that's a, a really lot. good idea for another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So don't ask hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you very much. Um, don't forget uh, impactalien.com to get your uh, concealed carry holster. And uh, we'll see you in the next one.